Toto. I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. You're listening to Out of Oz, a podcast from Building 28 Church. Welcome back to Out of Oz, a Building 28 Church podcast where we confront the fantasies and fallacies of modern day Christian culture with compassion, conviction, and courage. I'm your host, Peter Tragos, and with me as always is our pastor, Aaron Curran. I'm looking forward to a lighter podcast today, but I just feel like this is going to be a podcast that made some people mad because you basically are telling them they can't do what they want to do. Not maybe. all of us are going to say you know, that. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. But the ones that matter are. Um, so the uh, the ones uh, that don't take their own <laughs> advice. You mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's a good day. It's a good day. Look, over the past century, uh, really about 80, 85 years, the concept of dating has so saturated our culture that a refusal to date earns a fellow or a lady adjectives such as outdated, legalistic, harebrained, or even cultish. But with so many believers entering marriage with regret, shame, and baggage, and with so many marriages seemingly set up to fail through cultural dating norms, the legitimate question must be asked and answered, should Christians stop with the dating game or, per the podcast title, Is dating merely preparation for divorce, as some have claimed? So, Aaron, why don't you just tell us why you think the answer is yes? And and to help us answer this question today, (laughs) I got two two of my staffers, two of my buddies here. Uh, The B28 staff is awesome and representing (laughs) the staff. Yeah, they're awesome. They're awesome, folks. Uh, Shout out to our staff. But representing them, we got our newly minted Student ministry resident, yeah, Mr. Devonte Harrington, aka Twin. What's good? A stud, a stud. <laughs> uh, here on the podcast, uh, was you've only been on dating podcasts. Like, how far should I go, my boyfriend, girlfriend? <laughs> but, uh, but Twin is in a very serious relationship now with Katiana. Katiana, yeah. 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 yeah, and um, and works heavily with our youth and has seen. Obviously, uh, how dating works in the church and outside the church for years now. So interested to hear your viewpoints today. We also have my good buddy for so long, Miss Maggie Cyber, back for what's the third or fourth time this season. I'm not counting. Oh, it's awesome! Like <laughs> chilling it every time, Thanks chilling it every for time. But um, me. but Maggie is our communications director and soon to be by the time this podcast comes out ladies education director <gasps> here at building 20 i know um teaching the ladies uh she a login herself and she is in a very serious relationship with her boyfriend maybe maybe soon to be fiance ben brown uh ben is ben is awesome Woo. i can say this because i love ben i and was Maggie. gonna say man you better know him well <laughs> <laughs> um, but i uh, know i can say that love you ben but anyway and she works extensively with young young adults and teenage girls uh and has seen all of this has a blog um that speaks about relationships and things like that so anyway interested to hear your thoughts as well pete we're rolling so, I mean, I don't even know where to start on this podcast because I was going to make a joke about how we, you know, it's part of your employment contract. You're not allowed to date if you It was called courtship back when you and I did, um, uh, engaged in a relationship. I'm not quite as old as you, okay, Aaron? <laughs> um, but I we were married by the same length because I, I waited a long time. time. <laughs> so, so, we think about dating, right? I think we all probably have some different perspectives and so much of it, what you think about dating, I think comes from your own experience, right? How you were brought up, how your yeah. relationships have gone, how you've seen your friends' relationships go. So... Just to start out, from your experience, what are your overall feelings? Devontae, we'll start with you. 
or about dating? So I'm in a dating relationship now. And <laughs> so, so he I likes it. <laughs> it's going well. <laughs> but I think it depends on how you refer to dating. Okay. Um, I think of dating as two people coming together for the sake of finding that, I don't want to say common ground, but trying to have that understanding of like, is this going to be something that we continuously pursue? Our goal is marriage. And if that's not our goal, then why are we together? And so um, me and my girlfriend, actually, literally the first date, I told her straight up, like, yo, like my goal is marriage. And she stayed. So uh, hopefully that's her goal, too. I think that's her goal, too. But so I think it just uh, it, it starts with your definition of dating and how you define that. Okay. I, definitions are very important and words yeah. are important. Maggie, what do you have to say? I forget the question. Well, what are your overall <laughs> feelings about dating, right? I mean, that's what we're talking about. And a lot of it comes from personal experience. So just from your views, experience, upbringing, what are your just kind of overall thoughts about dating before we get into what we think is biblical and not? Okay. So not biblical dating, I think it's a scam. <laughs> I think that it's going to really do a lot of things to your mental health spiritual health, depending on where you're at on that, your relationship with your friends, everything, what you take in going into marriage, like Aaron started talking about. So I think like Devante said, um, defining what we're going to talk about is really important because there's good dating and we're going to get to like, can it be redeemed or not? Because like, how are you going to get married if you don't date? I mean, you could, but <laughs> what would that look like? And then Aaron has, um, Aaron has a selection it would look process. Very, very tame, beautiful, and safe. <laughs> okay, he'll get to that later. But yeah, I think it can be really, really bad, or it could be. Look, you when, got, I, when I bring up when I bring up dating, tell us. I, I'm speaking more in the cultural understanding. Mm -hmm. um, I would maybe agree with Peter in that it's our experiences that kind of define it, but I think more so. We've talked about this on so many episodes, how we're being catechized all the time mm -hmm. on every subject. And I think the culture has just kind of instilled within us to the point per the intro that people, if you say to somebody, oh, I don't do dating, I do something else. To Maggie's point, you got to do something to get married. I mean, like, yeah. You got to have some process, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Hopefully. But if I don't do dating like the culture does dating, I don't ascribe to that. You're branded like you're you're seen mm -hmm. as odd, weird, uh, you know, yeah. an outsider. And so when I talk about dating, I'm talking about kind of the the, and I know that's that's kind of broad as well. But this broad understanding of just have, I mean, even even Relevant Magazine put out a um, a statement from one of their editors, and it was how Christians should date. And it was, <laughs> I kid you not, the three points were we should date indiscriminately, just date around. Like, don't, don't, don't judge, like just kind of, kind of date, date whoever, uh, you, somebody asked you out, just go with them and kind of see what's up. Date casually. What's the second thing? This is relevant magazine, a Christian magazine, right? <laughs> date casually and date often. Those were the three advice from the editor or one of the editors or one of the writers. So, I, and I found out yesterday and you can look it up. I think it was just put out last year. So uh, my, my whole thing is, I think that's kind of within Christianity and outside Christianity, how many people think of dating. I'm just going to go randomly with these people. And they're not thinking about that our decisions and our choices have consequence. Even our casual decisions, even yeah. our re relatively flippant decisions have consequences emotionally, mentally, spiritually upon our souls. And so I kind of want to call, you can call it dating or not call it dating. We'll get into that. But I want to call to people to really examine why am I doing it the way that the culture and the world is trying to press up on me to do this? And is there a better way? So I don't know. Okay. So like culture presses a lot of stuff on us that Christians, we just don't do different definitions of similar words is how we live our life. Why is dating different? Right? Like somebody says, do you party? 
lot of different definitions about what that means, mm-hmm. right? Especially where you're at, right? Maggie parties every day. Some people would think <laughs> that means a certain thing, right? right? So I think there's a lot of words that, you know, we don't do as Christians, but why dating? Why single out dating? Why why is the book so successful? I think, we just kind of hit on the last <laughs> podcast, kiss dating goodbye. Yeah. And and why do people act like Christians can't date, period? And then that kind of be the end of it. Or if Christians feel bad about yeah. dating or it to be like, oh, they both are dating. How are yeah. they going to have a podcast about so before you guys about how talk we shouldn't about date? your son in dating? Um, <laughs> but seriously, why is it like that? Why is no, it I, I think me. I think that with any of these things, though, like, do you party? I think the question a Christian should raise is, what do you mean by party? What do you mean by date? Yeah. And I think discussion, Christians need to be having more discussions instead of just buying buzzwords. There's there's a lot of things in our culture. Do you drink? What do you mean by drink? Yeah. Like, like do mm-hmm. I do I drink excessively? Do I drink every day? Like, do I have, do I depend on drinking? What do you mean by, I think these, these things are important to talk through. And so I think that's why, especially, cat out of the bag, especially with so much infidelity today, even in the church. I mean, I still to this day know it's I could count on one hand the couples that I know personally who have begun a dating relationship who remain sexually pure all the way through until marriage. Like, like there's hardly anybody, even though they had very good intentions going in. Um, and so like with that, with all the emotional baggage that's brought to Do the Do you think t- that dating equals that though? Like I, I think a I lot think, of that happens I without dating. Once again, I think the way that the culture, media, and Hollywood push dating upon mm-hmm. us leads us down that that way of thinking what do you guys think right so yeah. the two old men have discussed it and i yeah. i just don't think dating what is do different. i know so let me just give my point real quick i think there's a christian way to date yeah mm-hmm. i think that it's awesome it can be fun it can be beneficial you can learn so much you can be better off when you get married if you date right i'm still really good friends with girlfriends i had in high school and college that are christians love their husbands, love them still, sisters in Christ, brothers in Christ, because we dated respectfully and I feel zero amount of awkwardness around them or their husbands at all. Like, I don't care at all. I don't have a problem calling it dating. I don't have a problem telling my kids that they're allowed to date at a certain age and explain to them what that means. Such and, and the And the, yeah, I'm probably gonna eat my words. <laughs> but like, and setting up parameters and setting up yeah. the, I think the do's, like you guys have already both talked about. What what are you supposed to do? What's the purpose of dating? Not don't do this, don't do that, stay away yeah. from this. So what do you guys think? Do you think it's more along the lines of like, more bad than good, gonna lead to sexual sin, therefore we stay away from it and just say, find some other way where we court and just talk and sit on separate sides of the couch? Or do you think we can call it dating, do dating as Christians appropriately? Where do you guys fall? I think it depends on the maturity level. And so for like a younger crowd, obviously we'll talk about this later, but I'm I'm not really into dating. Like I, I would tell somebody like, if you're a teenage guy, you you can't you can't keep up with the responsibilities that have come with being a married man. Yeah. If you can, cool. And right. you can date and you can pursue um a, a woman, but right now you can't. And so for me, I'm thinking in a in a cultural way. Last two, I see two extremes. I see the people that go far left and everything's they they want to be crazy, they want to be relentless, they want to have fun and casual dating, and it's crazy. And then you got the people on the other end where they've been dating for ten years and oh. it's no goal like in mind, um, and it's just the same thing over and over again. I see, I know families that. They won't like. They won't get married. They won't do anything. And it's just like, what's the our goal should be marriage. Um, that's what we designed for. And so, if you're just gonna continue to date, like my question is like, what's the goal in that? And so you can date and date correctly, but if if you aren't if your intentions aren't correct, then I feel like it's no point. What do you think, Maggie? Did you mean to repeat the question? Yeah. So Sorry. like, do you feel like? <laughs> 
dating itself, I mean, obviously you don't feel like dating itself is a sin since you're doing it, but oh. do you think like advising other people when talking about dating, there's Christian ways to do it? You, yeah. You I answer. feel like not enough people have this conversation because even in Christian circles, it's either like, I'm super liberal about it. I can date around. I can even like explore past boundaries with someone I'm not married to because I'm trying to figure it out. And like me and Jesus will handle that later, you know, or Jesus still loves me. Yeah. Or um, I'm going to be really careful about like you're talking about opposite sides of the couch, like blah, 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 all that kind of stuff, like all these boundaries. I think I've talked to girls my age and they don't know what to do in dating because of the fact that not enough people have the conversation of like healthy Christian dating. You know what I mean? And that's something I was going to say. So we talk a lot in my world about mentors and mentees and how, you know, how do you become a better lawyer? How do you rise up in a firm? How do you make partner talk to somebody who's done it before? Like, I think there needs to be more Christian mentorship in dating. Like, because I think dating is important. One of my other big things that I just, this is the way I live life, right? I think my kids are going to date. I can tell them they can't date. I can try to set up boundaries. I think they're going to date. Like, I, I just feel that way. We had a friend who was not allowed to eat fast food. And in college, she ate a lot of fast food. Okay. We just put it that way. So I'm just saying like, she's with us no more. I think that like, I think that that's going to happen. So I think the better way is to hit it head on, do it the right way. I'm going to do my best with my kids, but I hope they have people in youth group. I think when I think back to my dating, my youth group was a big part of it. And we would be at youth group together, me and my girlfriends and stuff. And I think that that would be not at the same time. So, So, but I think that's important. And I think like what you're talking about is having somebody you can have those conversations with somebody that's, you know, able to pour into you, give you advice. So you're not feel like you're, you know, wrong the whole time, you know? So there's a big difference in my mind. And you can call it whatever you want once again. There's a process. You can call it courtship. You can call it dating. You can call it, throw whatever label in there. I know there are different labels people have. At the end of the day, there's a big difference between cultural dating per media and Hollywood and and magazines. So you're books, talking more than just premarital Christian sex. Dating. Yes, yes. Okay. And so let's dating. just put that to the side. We all agree premarital sex is a sin, has huge consequences mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. Yeah. Like yes. we all agree with but that. But I think that's right? where the, I think that's where the culture wants to take dating whereas Christian dating should be heading toward marriage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the culture What does around, that look like for a 15-year-old to date cuz you, so you would that, agree that that is the issue and that's okay. what I was going to say the reason I had Devonte and Maddie on the podcast today is because they're both doing, they've been dating for a long time. And they're, if, if I'm honest, they're doing it in a way that I respect. It's not cultural dating. It's Christian dating. Does that mean their relationships look identical? No, there might be, there might be some more liberties for some than others. And, and, but they both have parameters in their marriage and they're both looking forward to the idea. I believe having talked to them of marriage, like it's, it's very clear. If you talk to me for more than five minutes, if, if you are not heading toward marriage, if you're nowhere close to being ready for marriage, the idea of dating is a mistake and it is indefensible to, to want to date as so a 15 or 17 year old. you think there is an age of accountability for dating? I think there's an age of recognition and awareness of going, I truly think, and I think this is why authorities are really good. I think mm-hmm. youth workers and mentors like you're talking about are really good. Like you, where you can go to them, not, not, not your 15 year old friend, but like a mentor and go, mm-hmm. do you think that marriage is realistic for me in the next 18 to 24 months? You know, like, do you think that that's something um, I'm, I'm able to provide for a family? I'm able to, to if we get pregnant, like raise a child and be a father or mother, be responsible, um, be a godly wife or godly husband. Like th- those are good conversations to have. And I just don't, to Twin's point, I completely agree. I just don't think that 15, 16, 17, most of the time 18, 19 year olds are ready for that. Back and, in the days, yeah. 
and they yeah, yeah, it, it, different, different culture, different mm-hmm. context. Many people in our day start dating at fifteen and end up getting married and end up being perfectly fine. They they do, but here's just like getting married in two months. Here's here's my would point. You, would you and I, and I recommend that? No, okay. I, I wouldn't recommend dating an unbeliever either at all because it's a violation of scripture. But I think I might have mentioned on our podcast, but I have I've always compared dating when you're with no preparation for marriage to. Um, to, I might have mentioned this on the How Far Can We Go podcast. Can't remember, so excuse me if I did. But it's kind of like taking um, a shopping cart into Publix, and Publix is just the rows are very narrow, and they're lined with crystal and china, and and the shopping cart has that wobbly wheel on it. Could you navigate the whole score without breaking anything? Yes, you could. Will you do that? Most likely, you're going to run into something. That is the issue with dating. Could you, as a 15, 16, 17-year-old, date for the glory of God? I'm saying again, in my experience as a pastor, having talked with myriads of parents and teenagers and other pastors, I have seen hardly any relationships that began at 14, 15, 16, 17 that did not end up rounding all four bases and making mistakes that, yes, are sin and can be forgiven, and thank God for that, but that just haunt them. They have to carry that with them now throughout their life. And so the idea of dating as the culture would push casually with no intent for marriage, God has created us to be sexual beings. He just created us. He's wired us to want sex. It's a good thing. It's a beautiful thing um, in marriage. But when marriage is not in view, that doesn't mean that sex is not. And oftentimes, even though we might say, oh, sex is wrong, there's so many couples that get into a dating relationship. Marriage is out of sight. And they end up compromising. And many, it's not just sex, that's sexuality. Tim Keller has, has a great discourse about this. That sexuality, it literally leads them to the abandonment of the faith because they would rather have what the sex than have Jesus. And so there's there's a, a lot of issues with dating with no preparation for marriage in mind. What do you guys think about, about there being an age or how you would define that? Because it's different for everybody, but. Like I said earlier, it's a maturity thing. If you can, if, if there's a 16-year-old kid that's making enough money to provide for a family that's responsible enough to be able to keep up, then like go at it. Like he's got a horn growing out of the front of his head. He's a <laughs> unicorn. So, right. And so culturally, like that's not that's not the norm um for us in our society. But we look at older men, men who are more mature, who have uh, experienced life a little bit more, who can talk through some of the stuff and go through some of the stuff with um younger men that can lead them like to your point, uh Peter, that like having that accountability, having mentors like Deshaun, we walked through a whole like dating counseling um, with them. And so I do believe like there is a proper way to date, but it's only with that one view in mind. It's like, am I going to glorify God? Is this going toward marriage for younger, your younger crowd? Most likely it's not. So, and but I think it's important to talk about like what it means to be like going towards marriage, right? When you first started dating Ben, you didn't like know you're going to want to marry him. So, like, what does that mean to start? Well, maybe yes, you did. You did. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. Maybe you did. So let's talk about a little more about Aaron, what it means. I saw this really cute guy at church tonight. <laughs> so, what does it mean, like, to be going towards marriage early on because people aren't going to know that, you know, when they yeah. start dating somebody for the first time? Well, how it happened in my life, it like, Ben was my first real Christian like dating relationship that I really was like, I need to take this seriously. Like I've already seen the really bad things that can happen when you don't try to do it right. So what it looks like to be pursuing marriage with someone like what I was like 22 or something. So I was like still relatively young or whatever. I don't know, depending on what standard, but you know what I mean? It just looked like me determining through like hanging out with him and him taking me on dates and picking me up and all that kind of stuff is this a guy that has really good qualities of like a godly man that I would trust 
to grow, not to be perfect right now, but to grow into someone that I would see as a husband, see as a father, like has all those qualities, like hardworking, like loves the Lord, like serves people, like is humble, those kind of things. And then once I saw that those were there, it was easier to go into seeing the vision, like, okay, the vision is there. And then it's like, he already had people in his life who were holding him accountable. And I had people in my life that were holding me accountable. So like we were both being discipled. So it was like, there was really good grounds to go into wanting to be married one day. And like, obviously that hasn't happened yet. And like life, throws you a bunch of stuff but i just think that's what it looks like so if that makes sense what would you say some of the pitfalls are then dating if people just want to like have fun or learn how to date or learn how to you know talk to a girl from a guy's perspective like well i gotta learn how to talk to a girl at some point i want to wait till i'm 25 and have a job like mm-hmm. what, what are some of the pitfalls of that and dating that way like that aaron's talking about the way society is telling you to date besides premarital sex i think mm-hmm. that's one we've kind of hit. I don't want to gloss over it. We did a whole podcast on it. But besides yeah. that. I would say like an emotional sense. Obviously, like that's part of premarital sex, I guess. Right, right, right. But even outside of that, like you play with people's emotions, you play with the heart. People get attached to things that won't last. I feel like we grow into this, you know, society now, like there's this lack of commitment mm-hmm. um, to anything. Yeah. And so dating early and trying to learn different things, I guess, like you learn this lack of commitment because you know you won't stay there. So I don't know. I think those are some of the big pitfalls for me is you hurt people. Um, even if it's intentionally, you hurt people because you want to satisfy whatever you're feeling inside your own self. Yeah. I mean, I think it can cause depression, anxiety, self-confidence yeah. issues, mm-hmm. right? Like, what do you see? Like talking to, to girls, what are some of the pitfalls in dating like that? Are you talking like dating, like really curtailing everything? Like not really? I don't know what you mean. I, I just mean dating generally, like how, how culture tells you to oh. date, dating around, see a guy when I'm 13 and start dating go to the movies with him oh, then we break up you know whatever tell my, my friend to break up yeah so like what what are the pitfalls of that why is that so bad uh, outside of sex because again we've talked yeah. about sex but there's so much more to it that makes it problematic than just the sex yeah i think you can um like Devonte said there's lack of commitment there's lack of vision when you're 13 years old you're not thinking about getting married you're thinking about going to the movies on friday you're thinking about whatever like having being with the coolest kid. You're, you're talking from a girl's point of view. The guy's only thinking about one thing. Yeah. Right. I'm, yeah. Ta- I'm, I'm obviously a girl. Yeah. <laughs> but um, you make idols out of your relationship. You start to like cut other people off in your life who are your best friends. Like you see it in high school a lot. The girl gets a boyfriend. She only hangs out with him. He becomes her whole life. And then they break up. And then she has no more friends. And she has to work back up from square whatever. She can like put a rift between her and her parents. I've seen high school girls whose parents were like, don't date, don't date. And like, I don't know what that looks like in their home. But it was like. This is not what you're supposed to do. She does it anyway. She starts hiding stuff from her parents. And then all of a sudden, she picks the boyfriend over the parents. You know what I mean? Right. So there's just like a lot of So I, I would I would argue, and I could be wrong. Yeah. And you guys are not call me out. I'm sure Pete will. But I have not to this day, 20 years in the ministry, heard a good reason why a 16-year-old, 15-year-old should date. I just haven't heard one good reason with all the baggage, all the issues. And and look, when I talk about the baggage, we're going back, and I know that not everybody likes this kind of stuff, but you're going back to pre-World War II, there was no such thing as dating. Dating, the word was originated around that time period, 1930s, and it meant to solicit a prostitute. Like, that's what the word meant. Now, we talked about genetic fallacy on this episode, so just because the word came from that does not mean, but I think there's a, there's a distinction, there's a correlation, at least how the culture understands it, because the culture today would say there's by and large, would say there is nothing that significant about sex. As a matter of fact, you need to engage in sex before marriage to find out, make sure you guys 
are are compatible and work together uh, and everything. And you yeah, know what you're yeah. doing, and you know. But whatever. so I th- I think that that is the, that's the idea is that's that's being pushed and is being bought. And when a 16 year old or 17 year old gets upset, or even their parents will get upset because they want their 16 or 17 year old to kind of explore life the way they explore life. Um, it's not from a biblical framework. Maggie and I talked about this yesterday, but you might, as a Christian, go about Christian dating a little bit different than other Christians, but there are certain principles, especially the principle of purity in mm-hmm. all these realms. And Paul actually addresses this in 1 Thessalonians 4 and talks, yes, about sexual purity, run from sexual immorality. I don't think sampling and dabbling with what the culture says is right, especially when marriage is not. Basically, when I say marriage in view, I mean that there is a preparation of mind and soul and emotion that I, I could see marriage legitimately taking place in the next year or two in my life. When that's not in view at all, when there's no preparation for that, you're sampling and you're dabbling with stuff that millions of people have fallen prey to and succumb to, compromise in. That that is that's that's just alarm bells for me going. I don't, and then me and Twin kind of joked about it a little bit, or at least uh, hinted around about it when Maddie was talking about what guys one track mine. I know how guys are. Like, I don't care if I'm old now, if I'm decrepit. Like, I, it doesn't, guys haven't changed in, in 6,000 years, 8,000 years, however long you think humanity's been around. Like, since the fall, guys think about sex. Guys want sex. And that's not to say that girls don't want sex. Like, like God has wired us all to want that. But the idea of that as a dad to my little girl, Evie, and as a big brother to the girls who work here. And Paul says in 1 Timothy 5, 2, I think it's 1 Timothy 5, 2, that we're all to treat our sisters in Christ as sisters. Like when I think about my own proclivities apart from Christ and the proclivities of pretty much every man that I've ever met, every red-blooded man, um, like that would that would want me to look to a different option that's more God glorifying and has is more purpose filled and purposeful for dating relationships for my daughter and for my sisters. And people might want to attack or marginalize me for that, but my intentions are only pure in this. I don't want to see the regret that I've had to counsel people through. I don't want to see the unplanned pregnancies. I don't want to have to counsel people through the fact that now in hindsight, they got an abortion because they they started dating, they had pure intentions, and then they, they got pregnant. It's happening all the time. I mean, these are not rare cases. This is thousands upon thousands of cases. And so that that's what I'm trying to look for a better way in. So the frustrating part to me to listen to all this yeah. is to act like if you don't let your kid date or if you choose not to date as a 14-year-old Christian, like that's not going to happen to you. It's just not true. Like there's not that correlation. There are plenty of people that grew up in households where they weren't allowed to date, where they end up having abortions or have premarital sure. sex or have divorces or whatever. There's also plenty of places where sex was so bad and dating was so bad in the house that it literally affected their marriage relationships because they could never feel that because they always felt like it was bad still. Okay. I've got a 14 year old nephew whose parents don't really let him date, but I'll give you an argument to why I'm not saying I'm gonna let my kids date when they're 16, but just to a 16 year old dating versus 18 or 25 Mm -hmm. while they're in the house with Christian parents. Let's just take my house, for example, and we'll say my son. I will never have more an effect on his dating relationship than then. When I see him, how he treats her, how he talks to her, if he opens the door, if he's respectful, what the purpose is of it, like not, have you kissed her yet? Oh, have you kissed her yet? Like some people would ask or like friends would ask, but like, oh, have you guys talked about this? Have you talked about that? What are you doing here? What do you talk about? Where do you go? You'll never have that effect on a relationship when they're 19 up in college. You know, you're just not going to have that relationship, I mean, with them as a father-son or mother-daughter or father-daughter that you can have when they're in your house dating. And I'm just taking this off some experience, just the conversations I've had with my nephew about it. 
like, why do you want to date? Like you want, you like this girl. Why do you want to date? What would dating look like to you? Like we've had those conversations and like he's mature and he's a Christian. So it's different. Like Devante said, I think, you know, your kids, you know, that as Mm -hmm. a mentor, I think that's important too. You know, which kids are kind of struggling where you're saying, I don't think it's really best for you right now, but if they're pretty strong, like I think they can learn how to date at an earlier age. Does it go towards marriage? I think that it can, but I think that it can also go towards learning how to be a respectful human being in different scenarios and being unselfish and caring about what others, what other people think more and guarding against it being about that one thing. Now, I agree with you. It could be, you could say it's playing with fire, but I think there could be some benefit to it too. Do you guys think dating could be redeemed? If so, how, what age, how can it look different depending on the age? What do you guys think? What is there something good that can come from it? It's just hard because I'm obviously not a parent, but I work with high school girls and I would pretty much tell all my high school girls, like, you shouldn't really be dating right now. As in like getting to that point where you're like hanging out alone and stuff like that. I don't know what it looked like with what you're talking about, but that's where I would start is like, like most of what I was thinking about with um, what would, what would you tell parents? I would tell them first, like, make sure you know what your kid's doing on their phone because like, okay, we're talking about dating and godly dating and maybe promiscuous dating or anything, but they don't even have to call it dating for them to do like what they're doing on their phones. On the direct messages. I like to call it dating when it's really not what most people would define Mm -hmm. as dating. Yeah. So like if I I can think about some high school guys that I respect and high school girls I respect that it's like, okay, if they were like hanging out and, you know, their parents were involved and their church was involved and, you know, they weren't taking it past these boundaries and they had really strong people in their life helping them and they liked each other or whatever. Like, I don't know what that would look like because I'm not a parent and stuff like that. But I would start with what the kid is doing on their phone, what kind of things they're posting on Instagram. I've gone into this before, but like so many girls, either what they're like wearing in public or what they're posting on Instagram, it just is setting them up for this like over-sexualized view of themselves from teenage boys and from their peers around them and stuff like that. So, and then I say it really starts in the home. Like I saw no, no front to like anyone that you know, I'm really close to my family or anything like that, but I just saw that it was normal to like start dating and kissing and everything in high school and middle school even and stuff like that. So are like, if you're a dad, like, are you showing your son how to treat a woman? Like if you're a mom, are you showing your daughter what it looks like to be a godly woman? So are you just saying, no, don't date. You don't need to worry about that because we're not going to date. No, because that's why, that's why I'm like, it really starts in your home and like how you guys are treating each other, setting a good example and then allowing, and I'm not a parent, so I'm not trying to give parent advice, but from a, from a daughter, from a youth worker, whatever, um, just having open communication with your daughter or whatever so they feel comfortable enough to come to you if like something goes wrong, you know, 100%. to not make them feel like, oh my gosh, I like did this or like, because like you don't know who's in their DMs and everything. You don't know like. You do if they don't have DMs. Well, you know what I mean. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, they have like, DMs. They so have just, you DM, just don't know about what's it. No, they don't it. have a phone. <laughs> and if they have a phone, what are they doing on their phone? Like, do you have open communication to, like, have a good relationship with your kids? So whenever they do start dating, if they're 19, 20, whatever, like, you're talking them through everything, like, mm-hmm. what you're talking about. You and just scene. go ahead and you can answer both <laughs> questions. So, like, how do you redeem it? And I'm sorry. what advice would you give parents? I would say yes. To your point, you're talking about your nephew. and. My thing is it doesn't have to end in marriage. I think that should be the goal, though. Like, that's yeah. the sure. intention. Yeah. Going into it, I want to get married to this person. Maybe it not work out. And that's okay. 
Uh, and I think in a 14-year-old good kid's mind, he's looking at this girl like, I could marry her. Like, yeah, she's a Christian girl. I don't think girl. there's a 14-year-old good kid in the world. I'm Romans 3, so. I think I, I, there, could all, there might, all, might honestly only be one. But, but seriously, I, like, those are the conversations we have. So I agree with you there. Apart from that, though, like, if I was a parent, I wouldn't let my kid date. Like I'm think, and from a man's perspective, like I'm thinking of raising a son, and I'm like, like oh. teaching him, instilling him, <laughs> yeah. like what it looks like to do this and that, and then like from like having a daughter though, I'm like, I know guys, I know men, I'm not letting somebody play like with like with my child like that. I love the Lord too much, and I love her too much to like let her down yeah, in that way. Definitely. I feel like I have a job to protect her, and that's protecting her is like not letting her uh, fall victim to what this culture says dating is, and so. I would have to like draw the line, like no dating. One day you'll be mature enough. You know enough. You'd be able to have discernment to know like this is a good godly man and he can pursue you. And however that goes, I'm not a parent. So I'm still working through some of this stuff myself, but still, um, I don't know. Even we as parents are working through this. (laughs) It's really hard to make a determination of, are you doing what's best for your daughter and protecting her? And like you're saying, I'm not going to let her down like that in keeping her in a bubble or teaching her how to live in the world the right way. So she like, are you giving her dinner or are you teaching her how to fish? You give, what is that? What is that? What you is that? Teach her how to cook. I don't want to say teach him how to cook, you know, cause talking about my daughter, but whatever, you know, you teaching him how to go get it or you just giving it to him. You mm-hmm. know, I think that that's yeah. an important thing to think about. And it's, I mean, it's a huge decision and process and things you have to mm-hmm. work through but what do you um so i got a lot I, I got a lot of thoughts here and i know you've joked on the podcast about me flipping on stuff uh like homeschool versus public school and stuff like that like just we, we joke we banter and it's true like my mind has been changed now I'm the, I'm the type i think by god's grace that my mind has changed when i'm presented with information or research about something and i go you know what that changes that shows my perspective and we should i think we should always be reforming in that sense that we're always changing we're always growing but when it comes to this issue, having seen and counseled through and made my own mistakes that I have seen counseled through and made over the last 20 years in pastoral ministry and marriage and dating and everything else, you can ask Jeffrey or Maggie, they've been with me for a long time. My view on dating hasn't changed for more than a decade. Like It just hasn't changed. It hasn't shifted. I will not, to Twin's point, let my kids date when they're in most one high school. As far like in accordance with any of the norms that have been espoused yeah. both outside and even inside of Christianity. Now, if you're talking about kind of like what you set up, Peter, like, so what I mean by that is my, my son, now they might do it because they might be rebellious and they are sinners, but my son, my daughter will never, by God's grace, with my permission, be alone as a teenager with their significant other. Now, if you're talking about them being in the living room and he has a girl come over who's from our church and we're all watching a movie or we're talking, having a discussion, doing Bible study, he's, I, I hope my kids are in my home group, like as they get older, like I hope they're there and I can mentor them, disciple they them. Be. I, I, be think, I, I think they will. I, I hope they will. Uh, I love my kids and they love me and I get it. They're in the golden years right now where they're supposed to love me, but I no, hope, I agree I hope that we can maintain that. But I think that's but, dating. I think some people would call that dating. But what I would say is that historically is called courtship. Like historically. And I'm that's just, fine. I'm just saying but, you might call it dating. And I'm not saying I'm a proponent of courtship. I'm actually a proponent of Christian dating. I agree. With marriage in mind. I agree. But if you want to train your son to like treat a woman right, it begins with treating your wife right, which yeah. we talked about. Like that's huge. Like treat your wife right. And he's going to learn how to like 
treat a woman right. Yeah. Um, but if you also want to add a wrinkle to that and let him have a girl come over to the house, there would never be a point where I'm like, hey, okay, I'll see you guys. Y'all can go up to your room now and just hang yeah. out and watch a f- film together or YouTube. Or, I'm like, that's never going to happen. I know the devil within all of us. For sure. I, I get that. Um, and uh, I think it was the Italian job, that movie where he said, I trust you. I don't trust the devil inside you. And that's a very theological position. Like I might trust Max. I might trust Devante. I might trust my kids. I might trust myself as far as like, I, I'm a, I'm a good person in the eyes of society. I'm trying to love Jesus, but the devil within us rages and that, that devil, especially of sexual pursuit and, and desire. And so we might call it dating. My children might have somebody over to the house. But to me, like somebody made the distinction. I was reading up on the history of dating this week. And they're like, what happened in the 1940s is when a million men basically did not come back from World War II for the first time in our nation's history, there were far more women than men. And so dating was kind of formed as an experiment to get women out in society because it was always, I come to some a, a, a young lady's home as a young man. I asked her father for permission. Yeah. And a private conversation would take place in a public setting. Now, it is very privatized conversations in very privatized settings. So what I mean by that is it used to be you would sit out on the front porch or you'd sit in the parlor or there, there would be where people were around. Nothing's going to happen there. And you look at culture 100 years ago plus, and it was much more clean and pure, far less baggage than it is now. And so I think that's that. It, would I agree with what you've outlined as Christian dating, Pete, at least a minute ago? I think it's idealized. I think it's very difficult with how busy we are to be that involved. But I think if you had an evening and my 16-year-old son is like, hey, I like this 15-year-old girl from church and she loves Jesus. Look, at the end of the day, to Maggie's point, Devante, I know we all agree on this. 2 Corinthians six fourteen is incredibly clear. I've seen so many shipwrecked lives from people who dated an unbeliever. Honest, full disclosure, I dated an unbeliever. And I hit the jackpot and she became a believer and loved Jesus. Wrong, uh, just because there's a there's a right end does not justify a wrong process. Like ever, it doesn't justify that. Just because somebody got saved through a strip club ministry doesn't mean that you should teach your daughter to be a dancer. So she, like, like just because there's a good end to that. And so, yes, there's been missionary dating almost every time, more than nine times out of 10, it ends in disaster for both parties with somebody abandoning the faith, somebody entering into promiscuous relationship. So don't do that. First Corinthians or second Corinthians 6, 14 makes it super clear. Don't be unequally yoked there. But when it comes to, Hey, there's this girl who I like, who is, who loves Jesus or a guy, my daughter says, the guy that I like who loves Jesus um, after I break his legs, then he can come over and sit with us and we can have conversation and we can watch And that might sound super archaic, but I want to do everything I can to protect the souls and the purity of my kids. I just, I just want to do that. And I want to do everything we can to protect the people here, our church, our family members that we love. And they don't have to take our advice. Like you can look across the bandwidth of Christianity over the last 80 years and see the devastation that has been caused through espousing cultural norms when it comes to dating. So to finish up, do you guys think it's possible? Do you think it's possible to have a culture of young Christian people dating the right way? Or do you think it's just kind of like a lost cause? I don't know, bro. It's just like we get worse and worse. Though. Like, so I don't know. <laughs> I would hope so. If we can if we can intentionally know that this is what we're getting into and have this like marriage and a foresight, then yes. Um, but if it's not, then it's no point. I think Christian dating is super hard, but it's obviously really worth it. And we just need people in our lives that can help us navigate all that. I think it just starts with the generation above always. Mm-hmm. Like we've got to try sure. 
Yeah. To keep pouring in, keep pouring in. That's the only way you make change to not feel like it's impossible, not feel like it's an unbeatable wave coming. And look, it has to work. Like right. it, it has to work. Like there, there needs to be future generations that know Jesus. And love we need Jesus. to care about more than just our own kids. Yeah, yeah. I think that's important yeah, to yeah. mention yeah. as well. Well, that's like, why we're doing this podcast. Right. If we were just caring about our own kids and our own relationships, we, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be putting it out there. <laughs> um, there's no ill intent here. It's it's we want to see God glorifying gospel advancing purity in the church. Uh, and that means parameters for married guys too, and married girls like that. That means parameters for all of for us. Sure. Um, and you know, flirting, whether you're not married or married, doesn't lead to good things. Like that's that's not an end in itself. It leads to something more. So we need to be extremely careful with that. I want to see parents proactive with their kids. Yeah, 100%. I, I desperately, even even if your kid's 21, 22, 23, hopefully you've poured into them and developed a relationship with them of honesty, of integrity. I want to see grace made manifest, meaning that we've all made mistakes. We've all given our heart away. We've all, you know, many, many people have committed sexual sin. They're watching this. They're like, I slept with a boyfriend, girlfriend, um, or there was um, some type of sexual acts that went on or whatever, and I have regrets there. There's grace for that person. I want us to make that abundantly clear. We've all made mistakes here mm-hmm. at this table. Like um, before we were married, maybe even since, we, you know, people watching since they've been married, there's grace for that. Like God forgives and he cleanses. That's part of sanctification is he doesn't just forgive. He doesn't just pardon, but he cleanses us from yeah. that and kind of grows us on. And that takes mentorship and gospel influence in our lives. We are for the person, like for the teenager whose parents, you're, they're making you watch this right now or listen to this. Like, I apologize. Um, but uh, hopefully something sticks here. Like there were so many wasted years. I don't know about you, Twin, or you, Peter, but there was so many just kind of wasted years of, inf- and not to say that, I think in- infatuation or caught in other word, like like attraction to a young lady, that's that's good as a teenager. Like, like oh, she's, she's pretty and I like her and I want to hang out. And I'm not saying you can't hang out with her. I just think hanging out in group settings and getting to know them and building a friendship. I think all that is very, is a very good thing that's been lost. I think historically that makes sense. Um, if you're a young adult and you're like, hey, I'm, I'm thinking about marriage. I think to Pete's earlier point, finding parents, finding pastors, finding Christians who can kind of, you can discuss with, that can kind of mentor you through that. They can, you can ask the tough questions too. Hey, do you think I'm ready for this? Do you think I can provide all that's needed for my husband or my wife? I think that's a, that's a really good thing. And so it's, it's not a forbid, it's not a return to the days of the stagecoach where, you know, you can never, ever hang out with anybody of the opposite sex. I'm not saying that. I just think that forming friendships like rallying people away from turning toward each other. I talked about this on a, on a previous sermon. You know, friendship is not, uh, love even is not two people focused in on each other. It's two people focused on a common mission to twins or their point. And that common mission for teenagers or young people, uh, or even older people who are looking to get married should be on, on Jesus and on the gospel and on the church. And that draws them closer to one another in the things that actually matter. And it kind of keeps them pure as they pursue this. Um, and so those are just tips and advice I would give. I'd be praying for each other, be praying with your boyfriend, girlfriend, spouse, like this things like that. At the end of the day, we just don't want to see regret and we don't want to see um, retreat from gospel engagement and gospel involvement, which has happened. Both those things have happened so much through cultural dating. Uh, and so that's kind of where I would land the plane today. That's all we got. Twin, Yay. thanks for being on the podcast, man. It's nice coming. Yeah, man. And I wish you all the best. I was thinking as I was doing this, I'm like, Maggie and Twin cannot break up with their significant others now. This is out for the whole world to see. I'm but, waiting. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but Mags, thanks for being on. And uh, until next time, folks. Thanks for listening to Out of Odds. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with your friends and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you listen. 
Out of Oz is produced by Building 28 Church and Podcast Royale. You can find out more about the show and Building 28 by visiting outofozpodcast.com. New episodes drop every Monday, and you can get each one automatically by subscribing in your favorite podcast app.